I admit, women tend to quit their jobs after marriage or after kids, but there is no reason for falsification, right? So, you know, manipulating their score is really short-term solution. For long-term solution, we have to prepare the good system, daycare, nightcare systems, or entire supporting. Feminist in Tokyo, the podcast in French and in English, gathering feminist voices in Japan to bring women into the spotlight. Women and anyone whose voice cannot reach from the other side of the planet. Episode 3, the Tokyo Medical University, 2018, Sexist Scandal. Hi, Demi. Thank you so much for coming to the third episode of Feminist in Tokyo. How are you today? Fine, thank you. Thank you for inviting me, Samantha. So, Demi, you are a dentist, a professional dentist in Tokyo. Uh, you've been doing that activity for how many years now? About 10 years. 10 years of professional yes. dentist. That's quite, that's quite the career. You've been both in Japan and in Canada, if I remember correctly what you've been telling me. But Canada didn't have anything to do with your medical studies, right? No. Mm -hmm. We can't use our license in Canada. I studied translation mm -hmm. and interpretation because I wanted to be a translator after becoming a dentist. You also had the passion of translation. And I think nowadays you kind of found a way to combine your two passions because you're a professional mm -hmm. dentist but also I've been part of a series of interviews that you've been doing with professional women. Yes, translation is now like my hobby you know I really love to do that and I have a passion for foreign language. I really love to translate foreign language into Japanese. After I started my business I started looking for, you know, another business owner, women. And if I find someone who is really interesting to me, I ask them to get interview. And now you are the 18th. You're just putting that on your website, right? On yes. your professional website and you're translating it. Mm -hmm. And I strongly encourage everybody who's listening to that podcast to go check. And I will put... <laughs> I hope so. You know, it's it's really... This is the kind of testimonies we need, you know, from women and professional women. When did you start it, actually? Uh, last year or two years ago. And I want to make a system to help each other, especially within women owners for small business. Hair salon or nail salon, usually owners are women and I own my place and I have my work partner there. So you're uh, running your dentistry place with another woman, basically. She's also a doctor? Yes. This is fourth year as well. Okay, the fourth year is in Omota Sando, right? Yeah. And you're busy. You are. Yes. You're just like, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully. And you're taking two hours of your time today on a Monday to be with me and to record that, <laughs> that episode, and I'm so grateful. My pleasure.
So we're going to jump right in. Today, the, the topic of this episode is, is quite old right now because it's almost uh, four years ago that the, um, the debacle happened with the Tokyo Medical University. Yes. Uh, it happened in 2018. The Tokyo Medical University was discovered altering, changing the scores of women mainly when they were trying to get into their university. Any female candidates who would want to get in basically had a malice applied to their score. But also something that's important to notice is that it's not only women, it also happened to any candidates who applied three times to the Tokyo Medical University and failed. Those also got a malice automatically added to their entrance exam score. So this is what happened. It happened in 2018 and... I remember that back in the days, it got into quite the scandal. I think we've seen a lot of newspapers talking about it. Yeah. Uh, Asahi Shinbun, BBC, Nihon Keizai Shinbun, Japan Times, Tokyo Shinbun, Mainichi, all of mm -hmm. them talked about it. So it's not just a random episode happening. It was, it was, quite, was quite big in the media. Yes. Do you remember how you felt at the time? Do you remember discovering this and what were your thoughts at the time? I was a little bit surprised, but at the same time, I felt like, ah, oh, I see, something like that. It was covering up, but we all knew that fact inside of our hearts, you know? <laughs> it's not that surprising. Basically, everybody exactly. knows, you know, it's... So. Yeah, in Japanese, we say shogunai. That's shogunai, yappari shogunai. In French, maybe... <laughs> it's a form of defeatism, you know, it's kind mm -hmm. of like, we can't fight that, it's the system. Mm -hmm. Something else that should be mentioned is that the Tokyo Medical University was not the only one doing this. No. No, they got most of Obviously the fire. No. The Tokyo Un Medical University got most of the fire for it. And it was totally random because it happened when a journalist made a great job at trying to discover a case of bribery inside mm -hmm. of the, the, the university and, you know, the whole altering the entrance exam scores was not the main point of his work, but he just stumbled upon it and he decided to make the whole thing explode, which is great journalist work. But the thing is that, yeah, the Tokyo Medical University was not the only one doing that. No. Something I wanted to mention is something that happened a little bit more recently than the Tokyo Medical University, which is... Uh, do you remember Mori-san from the Olympic Committee? Yes, I remember. He said something like insulting women or something. It became a big scandal. It did. What he said is actually, he said that in a meeting, and it sounds funny to have to say that out loud, but he really did say in a meeting with a lot of people attending that women should not talk in meetings because they speak for too long. <laughs> and it takes too much time. And it became a huge scandal mm -hmm. uh, because, <laughs> you know, people were infuriating by that, uh, especially outside of Japan. To be honest, my thoughts at the time was that, yeah, this happens all the time. He just got under the fire because it's international. But those kind of remarks I've heard many, many times in my own company. It's not a one-time occurrence. 
this Oji-san, you know, this guy, this grandpa just got, just got, you know, discovered. But, and he did not feel very sorry for it. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that he did a TV, a television apology for it. But basically how he apologized was to say, I guess if I offended anyone, mm-hmm. I should apologize. But he didn't really care for it, you know. And this is exactly what happened with the Tokyo Medical University. They also <laughs> issued an apology in front of television, which is a very important Japanese tradition, is when there's a scandal like that, you know, they go on television mm. in front of cameras and journalists. Yeah. They apologize. They put the mic down on the desk yes. and they bow for a few seconds where you can hear all the flashes of the camera going... Yes. ただいま Do you have any idea of why they would have felt like they had to limit the number of women entering the Tokyo Medical University? Why? Because women tend to quit their job. Especially after having kids, it is really difficult to sustain their job. Especially professional jobs like doctors, dentists. It's Mm -hmm. really hard, almost impossible, I think. They get very busy with the kids, right? Is Is it something to do with maybe... What can it be? Is it the schools? I think it's quite difficult to find uh, baby schools, you know, nurseries and yeah, stuff. Yeah, daycare. And for doctors, maybe they need to take their night shift, not only the day shift. So mother doctors can take night shifts. Especially, mm. I think, in the b- beginning of your career as a doctor, yeah, you might have to cover mm. up for some night shifts. And there's also... The point of emergencies. I think a lot of doctors, I'm talking about the French system here, so I don't know if it's accurate for the Japanese one, but I think I remember that when you start as a doctor, you might be called in a minute and you have to come to the hospital mm. right now to cover for something. Yeah, urgent. it's on call. Mm-hmm. Yeah, call right? job. You are at home, but technically, if you're being called, you have mm. to come. Yes. How can you manage, you know, on call job and baby? It's impossible. The OECD has been saying that internationally, physicians have a percentage of 45% of women. And in Japan, it's more around 21%. That was a number uh, that we got in 2018. Uh, So there's already a shortage of physicians in the workforce. Yeah, 24% are Japanese women dentists, not 50-50. They feel, and that's what they've been saying officially, they feel that women cannot be doctors and have a career and at the same time have kids. So, and we see that in all fields in Japan is that when, yeah, when women get married or have kids or both, they tend to stop working. Mm. They tend to take a very long maternity leave and most of them don't come back. And if they do, it's going to be a part-time. Exactly. And it touches on a very deep, deep topic that I will cover in another episode which is the whole situation for women here in Japan of having a family and having to work it's a very popular subject that a lot of people have been talking about the whole Japanese mothers who still want to work Mm. but cannot and the partner 
plays a big role into that, but more than than the partners, than the, the, the father, it's also the society as a whole. That's just not helping, you know, uh, mothers to also have a career at the same time. It is definitely a big topic right now in Japan, you know, especially when we know that natality is going down and that we need more workforce, uh, which is something that's also very important with the medical field. The problem is what I've been saying with the shortage of physician in the workforce is that the Tokyo Medical University has been using that argument to say, see, we already have a shortage. So if we put more women into the system, it's going to be even worse because they're going to stop working after having a kid. This is coming from uh, the source of Integrity Biomed Central, and it's numbers that we pulled out of the Tokyo Medical University. About 40 applicants were women at the start, and the way it works with Tokyo Medical University and apparently a lot of other universities is that you usually have two steps in the entrance exam, which is the first is a test. And then the second one is an interview. We know that 47% of the male applicants passed the first stage and also passed the second. But for the female applicants, this number falls down to 20%. So that really means that women, when they had to pass the interview, failed a lot more than men, even though they got the first stage right and correctly. But at the interview, they failed. And we have very few information about that, but we have a few anonymous testimonies coming from women saying that during interviews, yeah, they're being asked, do you want kids? Do you want to get married? Uh, what are your plans for family? You know, maybe uh, you can just lie. You can. No, no, then we can pass the exam. I mean, that's crazy. You know, if really that comes to that, you can absolutely say, no, I'm, I'm just going to retire in the mountain uh, from now on and have no family and I'm good. But like, the problem is if you're informed enough to know that you can lie, I guess that's okay. But first of all, it forces you to lie. And a lot of people don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. And also you have a lot of people who just don't know, like you're on the stress of the interview. It's a job that's important for you or it's a university that's important for you. You're not going to be like, oh, maybe I'm like, okay, I'll just lie here. And you might be like, oh, I guess I have a boyfriend now and it's going pretty well, so maybe we'll get married. And just like that, you're dropped out, you know, of the Tokyo Medical University. That's just not fair. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's the, the whole thing. I have a close friend of mine who a few years ago was sure she didn't want a kid. And today she's pregnant. You know, so like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> how can you plan those things? You know, it's just not okay to ask Especially for that. Especially when you are 18 or 19 years old which is when you start your whole career with medical. So like it's so early to talk about that, you know. Another interesting point with medical universities in general, that's not just Tokyo Medical University, is the system of hensachi. Did you, did you hear about that? Do you know the term of hensachi? Yes, hensachi. I don't remember so well, but mm -hmm. my college, hensachi? I don't know, 65 or something maybe? That's quite high. So it is basically a score that has to be validated in order to get entrance to a university. The normal score is about 50. Some universities ask for higher scores, like uh, 60, 65, 67. I think you mentioned that the maximum one is 70, but that's like, that's insanely high. It's, it's a very high score to get. And we know for a fact that the Tokyo Medical University is asking for between 65 and 67. 
This says that basically it's very hard to get in. And that's another environment point that we have to talk about with Tokyo Medical Universities and others is that it's very, very hard to get into those universities. And on top of that, it costs a lot of money. And when I say it costs a lot of money, it's obviously the exam first that costs about Rokumai and 60,000. So it costs about 60,000 yen just to pass, just to pass the exam, even if you don't succeed, that's already that cost. And then from there, you have a lot of fees for studies that basically last about six years or more. So it's, it's a very high competition, very expensive field to be in. And it's hard enough as it is. And then female applicants gets it even harder because it's harder for them to enter. This is something that I did on the Instagram is that I asked people if you had questions for Lemmy and one of the questions I got. Okay, sorry, it's in French. I'll translate it. Do you know if women who failed the exam due to that, you know, malice score, do you know if they were able to have any action, you know, any lawsuit or anything? So in the end, there was a lawsuit against Tokyo Medical University made by quite a few women who were rejected during that period. And it was done in late October of 2018 and still going on. And they're basically asking for financial reparation. A lot of them felt the repercussions of what happened in the way that, first of all, we mentioned that before, but the fees to pass the test is already quite high. So they lost that. On top of that, you also... Most of the time when you go into those schools, you have to go to what we call juku, which is basically yes. schools after school to get even more uh, you know, knowledge and to study even more. Did you have to go into one of those schools? Yes. So it's basically, is it studies, lessons, even after the normal day school? Yes, exactly. Is it long? After school, until night. Is it We needed to hard? study. It was day. really hard and competitive almost every day. Or maybe from junior high school, you should go to Juku even for six years or something. Yeah, just to prepare in order to get into the university you want yes. to get into. And it costs money. Yes, of course. <laughs> Did the one you went to also have English lessons too, or was it just, just for medical? English lessons, yes. I got English Juku lessons. Uh, I have a friend who did some medical studies in France who shared a few points of view with me. And she was saying how she, for the first year of her medical studies, she had those uh, extra hours that she had to take during the afternoon. And you can choose not to, but if you do, probably you won't get to pass the exam. No. Mm, yes, basically, yes. Mm -hmm. It's just prepare for the entrance examination. And their aim is to pass the exam. It's another point to say. And it's it's quite, it's already hard on everyone, you know, because it's difficult to get access into those those universities. But we have to point out that it's unfair to women because they study hard, they put money. And in the end, with <laughs> the system they had with the Tokyo Medical Study. And I, I, I like that you're laughing nervously like uh, under the unfairness mm -hmm. of the whole thing it was not and was not an amused laugh that you just had there but it is frustration you know it's frustrating to see that yes mm -hmm. on top of that if you fail the entrance exam 
you can retake, you have to retake it after a year, basically. So you can reapply a year later and you have to pay the the fee again of the exam. And on top of that, during that year, probably you will have to go to another Juku and to study again very hard for another year to retake the exam. And it's another amount of money. And there's a specific term. I don't know if you heard that, but those poor people, you know, who don't get accepted on the first try, they are called lonin. Did you hear that before? Oh, yeah. And it is a term that's very uh, popular with Western culture because we see lonin as those masterless samurai, you know, who has like a, a sense of justice <laughs> and who are going to avenge, you know, people and blah, blah, blah in the, in the history. But lonin nowadays in Japan is a very negative term, I feel like. Yeah, lonin means you failed the exam and you need to take another year. No, it's negative situation. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's a lot of pressure on those kids who are learning and a lot of pressure also on the parents. I have a colleague right now in my company whose kid is learning. And that poor kid has been taking tests for like two years now. And the dad, he was explaining that to a medical sensei, a, a doctor. And my poor colleague was so sheepish he was like yeah my kid you know he's been taking the exam for two years and the sensei in front of him went like ah loninka you know oh he's a ronin and, and i could tell my colleague's face they was like oh no yes he's a ronin but he's doing his best but i'm like so lonin is another very hot situation in japan both for men and women you know it's really complicated but based on the tokyo medical university in that case a lot more women ended up being lonin and it's a disgrace you know in japan The top 35 results, like people, would get their fees cancelled for the first year, I think, of university. And it's unfair too, because it happened that those top 35 were mostly men, because the results of women have been tempered. Wow, I didn't know that. And I, I feel like this might have been uh, quite, uh, not unique, but very specific to Tokyo Medical University. Yeah, the top students get their fees cancelled. But if the women results are being tempered in the first place, obviously they're going to be very less likely to get, you know, that special treatment. Now, the Tokyo Medical University is saying that they want to accept again people rejected on the exams of 2017 and 2018. This is what they're saying. Problem is, people have been saying, yeah, but what about before that? Because the Tokyo Medical University has been tempering altering, you know, results of mostly women and some men for almost a decade and probably longer. <laughs> probably if we if we had more information, it would probably be longer than that. What about those people? And some people have been saying, you know, 27, 2018, people have been moving on, you know, and a lot of students probably enrolled into other universities. So even if you tell them, okay, you can come back now, four years later, Probably they're going to tell you, well, now I have my life done and I built my career without you guys. So how can you make up their falsification, you know? That's really difficult and yeah, it's I not think, fair. Yeah, it's not. I think that's really the biggest feeling, I think, is really the frustration of the unfairness of the mm. whole situation. It's like, how can you guys get to do that to so many mostly women who had dreams of getting into the medical field 
and who got refused because you deemed them not enough. You deemed them, you know, to be primarily made for motherhood mm -hmm. and they should stay home and you don't want to impact your own hospital. Because the other point that's interesting to know is that most of those uh, students who go into the Tokyo Medical University usually end in the hospital of the Tokyo Medical University. And the people rejecting women have been like, we don't want to impact our own hospital with women shortage and, and, and physician shortage. So that's why we're going to reject them because uh, we don't want to put our own hospital into a bad, bad position. Uh, I have a question. Mm -hmm. In France, the situation same as like a Morrison mm -hmm. scandal. What's going to happen in France? French women maybe get more angry or what's going to happen? So you mean if there's uh, a kind of sexist scandal like that? Yeah, sexist or... Mm -hmm. <laughs> this, is, this is a good question. Uh... It's not the same, like... But, you know, like, for example, Dominique Strauss-Kahn or something like that. We, yeah. <laughs> I think I think you're right. I think we do have our share in France. Uh, we do have our share of, of sexist uh, mm -hmm. scandals exploding all the time. You know, what I feel like. They will do demonstrations or something? They would. Or? Talking from a French point of view, with the knowledge I have of my own culture is that if I have to compare really Japan and France on that, is that I feel like the the, the backlash is stronger for sure on mm -hmm. the social media. You can sue them. Uh, <laughs> there, there's a lot of thing happening. Um, the feminist movement is quite strong in France mm -hmm. right now. There's a lot of associations. Uh, gender equality is being talked about quite a lot. So I would feel like the backlash would be quite big. Is quite big anyway when we do get scandals like that because we do get them. So in the end, nowadays, Tokyo Medical University displayed their results for this year, 2021. And it turns out more women has been succeeding than good. men into getting it. Good, good, finally. That is, that is quite the turn. It's good to see a message of like, if you do a fair system, you know, it, it's, it's actually the, the results are very close. It's almost 50-50, but technically more women were admitted into Tokyo Medical University than men. Yeah, maybe the system is getting changed gradually, but little by little, and maybe it's not enough. You feel like maybe stronger measures would be would be necessary? Mm, I think so. And the, the entire supporting system, I think, is needed. I admit, women tend to quit job, their jobs after marriage or after kids, but there is no reason for falsification, right? So, you know, manipulating their score is really short-term solution. For long-term solution, we have to prepare the good system, daycare, nightcare systems, or entire supporting system. But it's really we need to work really hard, and it's long process. So maybe falsification is just like a shoplifting, you know. If you study a lot, get a good job, earn money, and buy things, 
that whole process is really long and hardworking, but uh, you know, if you shop, do, if you do shoplifting, it's just one second. Falsification seems to me like that, you know, so it doesn't solve the problem, you know. That's actually a very good point. I think your image is strong, is that falsification is the same thing as shoplifting in the way that it's not going to solve the problem on the long term. No. Like, if you really want to solve the problem, is that, yeah, you need to make it easier for women to be mm. able to have a career and to have kids. Yeah, just yeah. cut off women and goodbye, that's easy, but it's not going to solve the problem. No, I won't. It's a lot of pressure for men as well, you know. When you ask the, the man to be uh, financially responsible for an entire family, mm -hmm. it's difficult for them. It's a lot of hours of working hours. And on top of everything, you cut off the dreams of a woman who wants to be professionally active. So I agree with you that uh, keeping women out of the Tokyo Medical University or any other medical system is not the solution to make sure you have enough doctors. For a yeah. long time, no. It's not easy, you know. It's a, it's a system that has been rooted in the society. Patriarchy has been rooted in society for decades. So it's difficult to disconstruct. But I do think that with the newspaper coverage, the media coverage, with people talking more and more about it, I think it's the step forward. Yes. You know? It puts pressure on those universities to be accountable. You know, they have to answer for what they're doing. So yeah. it's going on. I think it's positive. So I think that was the topic for today. It was really great to be able to talk with you. I hope we're going to cross paths again in the future. And uh, I'll be keeping up with the interviews of your great association. Thank you so much for coming. Thank you, Samantha. That was Feminist in Tokyo. I hope you enjoyed the episode. You can find all the information on our Instagram page.